Hi, this is Dave Kale. I'd like with, to talk with you about Living Deeper, a, a time management strategy for salespeople. You know, in 2003, I wrote uh, the book 10 Secrets of Time Management for Salespeople because I was convinced that time management had become the number one issue for professional salespeople. The book struck a chord and it became a worldwide seller. We, it, was, it was translated into eight different languages and distributed in over 20 countries. Eleven years after that initial publication, the publisher approached me with an idea, and that was an expanded second edition entitled 11 Secrets of Time Management for Salespeople, the 11th being in honor of the 11th year anniversary of the book. And uh, so we did, and uh, understanding that time management had become an even greater challenge. And now... I see that the world of professional salespeople has become even more chaotic, more complex, and more out of control. The next level of time management goes way beyond just making good decisions about sales time. In today's chaotic world, time management has morphed into life management. You know, our world, our, our world has become chaotic. The changes began with the impact of uh, communications technology. You know and I know smartphones and tablets have burst into the scene and become so routinely used that it's difficult to, management, uh, to imagine a professional salesperson without one. And then along with them came a confusing variety of apps, you know, including games and mapping programs and video apps and a list that grows actually, I'm sure, minute by minute. So just in the last few years, uh, Skype has come into its own. And, of course, there's now uh, dozens of competitors who enable you to make video calls. So it's now possible to connect with via video to prospects, customers, colleagues from your smartphone, wherever you are. Social media has become a major presence in the lives and days of millions of people, as well as the salespeople. You know, there, there's an entire generation of people who couldn't imagine living their lives without Facebook or Instagram or, or one of the other social media sites. I, I hesitate to mention any other specific app uh, or website or service because uh, if I mention it, it's likely to be eclipsed, you know, by the time, by the time this, uh, this file is made public. But technology isn't the only driver of this chaotic complex situation for salespeople. You know, just look around. The, the health care law passed by the Obama administration and the, and the proliferation of regulations uh, put into place by that administration has brought the federal government into our lives and jobs in ways that were inconceivable just a few years ago. More and more of our customers are being asked to do more, accomplish more, and become more productive. Customers are more pressed for time than ever. You know, there's an expectation of instant information from everyone. And likely, those same expectations, instant information, are being applied to you as well. And all this means that business people have less time today than ever before. Salespeople are squeezed in the heart of this vice. So we have a world where salespeople are living increasingly hectic lifestyles, feverishly tied to their smartphones and tablets, bouncing from one electronic transaction to another. Sound, does that sound like your life? You know, it's a complex, chaotic environment where all of these factors not only make life more difficult, but they also 
bring additional opportunities for salespeople. The challenge is to become effective at time management. That challenge is greater, more urgent, and more critical today than at any time in the past. It's not, it is now about life management, not just time management. You know, the, the problem is huge. And as I say in almost all my seminars, if you think this year is challenging, wait around till next year. It's only, it's only going in that direction. Now, this is such a huge obstacle because becoming an exceptional salesperson, doing well at your job, is more about effective time management than anything else. And effective time management is more about thinking about your job and making intelligent, thoughtful decisions about the use of your time. Let, let me repeat that. Becoming an exceptional salesperson is more about time management than anything else. And effective time management is more about thinking about your job and making intelligent, thoughtful decisions about the use of your time. Becoming an effective human being is just as dependent on the same kinds of choices. And we cannot think well when our attention and concentration is scattered and interrupted. The great educator John Dewey observed this, quote, there is no greater enemy of effective thinking than divided interest. Let me repeat that because it's really important. There is no greater enemy of effective thinking than divided interest. The changes in the last few years have created a world that is characterized by divided interest. You know, where scattered and interrupted has become the norm. Multitasking is standard procedure. Every day, salespeople are tempted to give up control of their days to the lure of the electronic. They spend their time reacting to whoever's on the other end of the text or voicemail. It's as if a cloud of techno chatter has gradually enveloped the salesperson to the point where his days are dictated by the electronic media, and he or she isn't even aware of it. And as a result, it's harder for salespeople to think well today than at any time in the past. Well, what's the solution? Well, my, my recommendation, here's my recommendation, is to live deeper. Live deeper. Now, in order to show you what I mean, you have to look at the diagram on your handout. Think of this diagram as a way to look at a human being. What you're seeing here is a pie-shaped, imagine this, a pie-shaped slice of an onion. So if you were to cut an onion, you know, in half and then, and then cut it like a, like a pie, this would be a pie-shaped slice of an onion. And there are layers and layers uh, for, to the onion from the thin and crinkly skin at the surface to the strongly pungent cord. Get that image in your mind. Now, each of us is like that. We have layers and layers of complexity and substance to us. So I want to I kind of educate you about this diagram and then talk about how we can apply this to effective time management and life management. Now, on the very surface are our interactions with other people, our customers and prospects. 
So these interactions are often shaped and directed by the sales tactics we've learned along the way. This is the person that our customers see. And yet, you know, it's on the surface that we spend most of our time. It's, it's here where we text and we email, we post on social media, we occasionally actually see a customer face to face. However, in the bigger picture of everything that you are, it is the most superficial part of you. And as we peel each layer off of the onion, we go deeper into the person that we are. So just beneath the surface, the tactics and the surface, are the strategies that we design, the goals we set, and the habits we have built up over the years. For, for example, let's say you become very good at asking good questions. Now that's a tactic. That's on the very surface. It's where you interact with someone else. The reason you ask better questions, the, the motivating force that underlines your use of that tactic can be one of a number of things. You know, uh, perhaps it is the strategic plan that you created to learn more about your customers. So the, it, it may come out of strategy. The, that strategy was the deeper motivation that gave rise to the tactic. You see that? Or it may have, you just created a goal. It wasn't part of a strategy. You just created a goal. And the goal is, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask three questions, three good questions of every, of every customer. Okay, so you've created a goal. In that case, that goal was the deeper motivation that motivated you to ask better questions. Or maybe... Over the years, you've just created a habit, and now you don't even think about it. You know, you're not really sure why you did this. You just do it. In that case, the habit was the deeper cause, you know, that stimulates the behavior. Or finally, you know, the deeper issue could be a process that you created which requires you to fill out a form, maybe, with the answer to that question. So it doesn't matter where it comes from. The point is that your behavior always arises out of one of these four motivations. You either work intentionally with planning and forethought, as evidenced by your goals and your strategies and your processes, or you work unconsciously through your habits and your routines. These motivating forces lie just beneath the surface, but they shape your actual behavior. Now, let's, let's peel off that layer and we find at the next level our attitudes. And you know, you've heard many times about the importance of good attitude. That's because your attitudes give rise to your habits and your goals. When you're burdened with a depressed and a pessimistic attitude, for example, you don't set worthwhile goals. You don't aspire to great accomplishment because you're too depressed and pessimistic. And the opposite is also true. When you have positive, optimistic attitudes, you naturally aspire to challenging goals, and that leads to energy and positive behavior. If your behavior, if your attitude is positive, you'll feel like you can positively influence a prospect. And that positive attitude can lead you to creating a goal and developing a strategy that you'll need to achieve that goal. You see how that works? So, so let's go back to the, uh, the example of asking questions. Let's say your positive attitude has led you to develop a goal of acquiring three new accounts this month. Now that you're optimistic enough to set a challenging goal, you need to create a strategy to achieve it. 
First comes the goal, then the strategy to achieve the goal. So you decide on a strategy, part of which requires you to ask good questions. See how that all works together. So in this example, your attitude led to a goal, which led to a strategy, which led to the actions you took with your prospects. Your actions bubbled up from the inside out. But you're still not at the heart of things. Let's peel that layer off. Underlying your attitudes are your values. Now, values refers to the things that you hold dear and are important to you. For example, you may value integrity. You may value success in your job. You may value the well-being of your family. These values give rise to certain attitudes about those things. Uh, now, let's say, here's a situation where you highly value your spouse's physical well-being. Since you value him or her so highly, you think positively about your ability to provide protection and security. And out of that attitude comes your goals and strategies. But you're still not finished. Underlying and supporting your values are your beliefs. That's a deeper level. For example, you may believe that it's always the husband's responsibility to support the family no matter what. And this belief may be so deep inside you that you never really articulate it. It's just embedded deep in your psyche. As a result of that belief, you place a high value on the physical well-being of your spouse because, after all, it's your job to take care of that. That value leads to attitudes, which leads to goals or habits, which lead to behavior. Now, notice how the deeper issues impact and shape our behavior. When we make changes at the deeper levels, those changes impact everything above. And, and there's, there is yet one layer deeper, deeper than your beliefs. Let's pull that up. And, and that's your worldview. Now, your worldview is a, is a form of belief. It's, it's, your, it's comprised of your very fundamental core beliefs about the world and yourself. It's composed of the absolutely deepest beliefs you hold about your purpose in life and in way, uh, the way in which the world functions. Now, it differs from the beliefs above it only in degree. The worldview comprises the beginning of the spiritual part of ourselves, and these beliefs shape everything above them. For example, one person may believe the universe is so connected that everything we do is a result of fate or destiny. Another person may believe the opposite, that we are creatures with free will existing in a world that responds to us. And a third may believe that we are the creation of a loving God designed for a specific purpose. You see, your worldview is your fundamental belief on, about yourself, your place in the world, and how the world works. Now, if you hold a worldview that attributes everything that happens to you to fate or destiny, then you see you have little interest in building positive attitudes, creating goals, developing strategies, etc., because uh, it's all about s s destiny. You know, you, it, you believe at that level that you don't have any control or impact over what you do. And I, you know, I've personally seen 
tribal people in developing countries who hold a worldview like this. As a group, they never seem to make much progress, and many live in a lifestyle and economic conditions that have changed very little over the generations. Their lack of improvement in their conditions is, in my opinion, a function of worldview. You know, in many cases, millions of dollars of aid, years of assistance at the superficial level have made very little changes. Real change won't happen until the people change their worldview. You know, like I'm, I'm all for providing, uh, you know, water to villages where people don't have it. But my question is, if this civilization has been here for 2,000 years, why have they not figured out how to get their own water? Well, it's their worldview. <laughs> so this basic view of yourself and the world is usually influenced by your culture. And that's influenced by religious education because, again, worldview borders on the spiritual part of us. Now, you're probably wondering what all this has to do with sales and time management and life management. Just look at the illustration. Notice there's a direct relationship between the higher levels and the deeper levels. When changes are made in the deeper layers, those changes affect everything above them. A small change made deep down in a person will impact almost everything above it. If you change your attitude, you'll change your strategy, your habits, and your actions. Change your values and your beliefs, can't help but change your attitudes. Modify your worldview, and everything above it will change. Now, once again, what, is, what does all this have to do with time management? Follow this. If you're going to be an exceptional salesperson, you must be good at time management. In order to be good at time management, you must devote dedicated, quality time to thinking about your job and making informed, intentional decisions about how you use your time. And that means you regularly deal with the deeper issues in your life. The deeper issues impact and inform all the decisions you make at more superficial levels. Take control of the techno chatter that occupies your days. Harness the power of attitude, beliefs, and worldview to impact everything you do and decide what should be done and done effectively. Live deeper. In the next lesson, we'll show you how to. Okay, that's it. Bye-bye.